hey friends, isn't it the church wonderful? Isn't it great to be here? You know, you know I, I tell you, there is, we have these confessions in the church that we confess that we believe in God, in Jesus Christ. One of the things that I have the most enjoyment about doing is this, I believe in the church. I believe in the church. Even though we have our flaws and challenges in life, I believe in the church. It is so great to be here with you today. My name is Enoch Diasis. Uh, you are having me here uh, two weeks in a row, last week and this week. A lot of people don't know me. And it was interesting, last week when I was here uh, helping to lead the, the liturgy, the worship service, as I went outside, a lot of people came to me and said, we have the pastor from Cairo here with us. They said, thank you very much for coming all the way from Cairo to here. <laughs> uh, nobody knows me in this church. <laughs> My name is Enoch Jassiz. I work here in the mission department of the church since October of last year. If you greet me today, you can say, you can say, Thank you very much for coming from Brazil, not Cairo. I love Cairo, yeah. Hey friends, I came to the United States seven years ago. At that time, I didn't speak a word in English. And I'm going to talk about brokenness today. And we are starting today this new series that we're going to be together for, not me, other pastors, good for you, <laughs> for five weeks. Uh, for five weeks, talk about the brokenness of the, the, the jars. And it was interesting, they invited me to open this series, talking about brokenness with my book, Broken English. I think it goes together. <laughs> but I remember when I first came here, I was in Spokane, Washington, trying to learn English. As you can see, I couldn't, but I keep trying. And uh, I remember that uh, I was going to a Presbyterian church in Spokane, and I used to go to this uh, adults group. And the, young, the youth of that group was 65 and over, was the youth group of them. <laughs> And it was just so great. And they were so welcoming and embracing. But every week, the thing that I knew how to say was, Hi, how are you? <laughs> Next week, hi, how are you doing? I was getting bored with that. Of course, they, was bored. they were bored at me. And I tried to learn new words. So one day I was going to school at Gonzaga University in Spokane. And as I was walking into the university, a guy passed by, passed by and looked, looked at me and said, What's up? So, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> so I asked somebody what was that means, and somebody said, it means how are you doing? I said, great. <laughs> Sunday morning, I was at the church with all these elderly ladies. I was passing by, I said, what's up, what's up? <laughs> and my host mother was at the end of the sanctuary, the other side. She looked at me and says, I went there, she said, am I in trouble? And she said, not here in my church. <laughs> And I keep making these mistakes. It was not so long ago, I was at the church preaching for Palm Sunday. And I made a mistake with the words. And I said that Jesus uh, entered Jerusalem hiding a monkey. And I was so, Jesus wasn't a monkey. And my son, Lucas, who is here in the first uh, peel with rat, he starts saying, Dad, Dad. And I said, what happened? And he said, Dad is monkey. I said, ah. So if I make a mistake, it's, it's a donkey, not a monkey. <laughs> See? <laughs> so just, just bear with me, okay? I'd like you to invite, to read the Bible with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 to 12. This is the word of God. Paul says, it's on the screen you can see, but we have this treasure 
in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may, be may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh, so that that is at work in us, but life in you. Would you pray with me? Dear Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of being here today. And we ask, Lord, as we open your word, that you would come and speak with us. Thank you for this community of faith. And for the things that you have done in their lives and through their lives and the lives of other people in this city and throughout the world. And we ask that you come, O Lord, and talk to us and give us the courage by listening to your voice to obey you. In Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Friends, the series, Jars of Play, that we're going to be for five weeks, will take us in a journey through the Bible and through the history of the people of God. We will learn that there are more to the image of jars of clay than our eyes can see. We will be challenged to give our lives to God for Him to use us for His kingdom. He will use us the same way that He has used people like Ed Welsh and so many others throughout the history for His glory. And people that will make the difference in the history and the life of people. And this time, my hope and the hope of the leadership of this church and that we would say, like other people, people of God in the past, we would, have, we would be brave enough to say to God, the perfect potter, God, here I am. Use me for your glory. Today, uh, based on the experience of the Apostle Paul, in the text that we just, just read, we will discover that we are broken pots or broken vases God is the perfect potter. We, in this relationship is that way to demonstrate that the power is the lungs or the power is from the potter and not from, from the jars. And also to declare that the potter keeps us in the challenges and through the challenges of life. And finally, the potter reveals his grace through broken, the broken jars. In the first century, the time that this passage was written, Containers were made of several types of material. There were some containers made of clay. There are some containers made of stone. But there are also containers made of gold and silver. These last two, they had value on themselves. The first ones, or the, especially the jar of clay, there were no value on themselves. The value was the content, what was inside, not the jar itself. There, it's so important for us to understand the, the message today is to understand this profound metaphor that Paul is using here. If you don't get it, we are not going to recognize the message that is behind it. Clay jars were thrown away containers, like the fast food containers that we have today and that we throw away. You know, not so long ago, I had dinner with Pastor Care from our church. She cooks very well, and her food was so good that by the end of that dinner, we had some leftovers. And then she asked, Enoch, would you like to have something to go? I'm a foreigner, right? 
So first was hard to understand the to-goal thing here that you guys said. Can I have some food to go? This take-home uh, food, right? And I said, yeah, of course, I'd like to have some. And she gave it to me in this container. And I took it home. And I gave it a little bit to Lucas and I ate most of it myself. <laughs> <laughs> then I had to return it to pastor care. And I can't find the lead for this container here. <laughs> If you have one, give it to me. I need to return it to Pastor Care. But you know what? Well, I don't think Care cares about it anyway, <laughs> about the container. But the jars of clay were like these containers in that the time that it was, this, it was written. The theme of the session of the, the, the session of the scripture is the extreme contrast between the message of the gospel and the messenger of the gospel. The message is precious, has a lot of value. The messenger. It's broken. It's a jar of clay. Please walk with me through the passages that we just read. We are broken vases. God is the perfect potter to demonstrate that the power is from the potter and not from the jars. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. The treasure, the treasure is the power of the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, as described in the verse 6 of the text that we, we just read. The transforming power of the gospel well, has been committed to people, fragile people like you and I. Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, when he was facing the experience of brokenness in his own personal life, the verse says, but he said, the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul saying, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You know, friends, sometimes we try to make the pot more desirable. By the way, my son asked me to take uh, care about using the word pot. Sometimes, I don't know why, sometimes we try to make... <laughs> It was bad. I'm sorry. Sometimes we try to make the jar more desirable than the treasure. So, so many times in our lives, in the culture that we are, that we are inserted today, we're within today, we are challenged to give more value through the jar than value to the treasure. Some, some people have the idea that growing Christians is to become more like a $6 million man each day, not so. Although the power of the gospel is supernatural, it's beyond our understanding. The preacher of the gospel, you and I, are not the bionic man. We are normal people with our own brokenness. I'm really bad at mathematics. Uh, really bad. You can imagine how bad I am in modern language. But I was studying this text and the idea of mathematics came to my mind. The power math is this, my weaknesses plus God's power equals my power, right? No, wrong. <laughs> my weakness plus God's power, my, uh, one before, my weaknesses plus God's power equals God's power equals my weakness. The right mathematics is, is this, my weaknesses plus God's power equals God's power, equals my weaknesses. 
somehow, friends, we grow in our weaknesses as we approach to God. Ray Anderson, a professor at Fuller Seminary, used to say a lot that he used to talk about the power of the weak word that was weak to the point of being nailed to the cross. What Ray Anderson was trying to say is that in Jesus, God was so weak enough facing humanity and walking through uh, in the midst of humanity that was he, he was in the person of Jesus Christ weak enough to be nailed to the cross. Christians, my friends, are never powerful in themselves. Throughout the history of the church, every time that we messed up with the power and we thought the power, it's about us, you know about God, we messed up. Look at the history of the church and every time that we talk that the power is in us, the beauty is in us, the, 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 the strength is in us, we lost the way and we walk away from God. And we mess up badly. As we embrace our own weaknesses, God's power fuels us and His glory is manifested to others. It doesn't matter who you are, Ed Welsh or other people. You know, friends, when I was 19 years old, my denomination in Brazil sent me to be a missionary to plant a church in the northern part of Brazil in a place that we call the gate to the Amazon in Brazil. And I was 19 years old. And I went there. And I remember that when I started to plant a church where we didn't have a church, any church, in a, more than, in a ratio of more than 70 miles, we didn't have any church there. And I went there to serve the God. And 19 years old, I wanted to do other things in life, but had this idea of calling and serving God. And so I went there. And week after week, I would invite people to come to a, a classroom in a school that we are using for the services. And people say, yes, I will be there. They would never come. And I would be there by myself. And one day, I find this man who used to be a Christian many, many years before. And his name was Senor Silva, Mr. Silva. And I went to him and talked to him that was a pastor, a missionary. And he was so happy and excited about it and said, well, you know what? Sunday, I'll be at the church. So he was. And Mr. Silva, Senor Silva, brought with him uh, his dog. He has a dog, a huge dog. The name of the dog was Donzella. Oh, pretty lady in, in English. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was Mr. Silva, Donzella, and myself. And they will be there, and I will try to teach him some songs. I'm really bad singer. Guys, I, I, I can't sing, I can't dance, I can't play soccer. They kicked me out of Brazil to the United States. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I will try to teach singer Silva some of the songs. And every time that I try to do it, Donzella would sing along. <laughs> Woo! I want to throw the Bible on that dog. <laughs> and I could not do it. You know, dogs forget things, and Mrs. Silva would not, so he would come by herself next week. <laughs> but then we start there, and months and months went by, just the three of us, until one day, one person came, and another family came. And there was this guy who was a new believer, with fire for God. And one day he said, Enoch, do you know... Uh, Brasilia, Brasilia was the name of this woman. Do you know Brasilia? I, I met her today. And as uh, so I was talking to her, she said, you know, can you guys come to my house to have a Bible study there next week? And then I told her, yes, we are going. And I said, no, we can't. And he said, why? And then I said, you know what? Brasilia was a prostitute in the city. Her house was a bar. 
and she used to rent out some of the rooms for boys and girls in that house. And I said, I can't go there. And I said, why? And I said, what people are going to talk about us if you go there in the evening for a Bible study? Who will believe us? And he looked at me and said, you know, you know, she needs God more than we do. That is the place that we should go. And I said, I'm in. So we went there the following week. And we shared about the good news. We talk about the love of Jesus that can transform us completely. And by the end, I just felt in my heart that I should invite people to, to give their lives to Christ. And I remember that woman sitting, sitting across the room in front of me, raising her hand and saying, I want a Jesus Christ in my life. I want a Jesus Christ in my life. And I prayed with her, and we left. About a week later, I saw her in front of the classroom where I, we used to, to use for the, the services. And she was selling this juice in a plastic bag. In Brazil, we have this stuff that we put juice in a plastic bag, put this in the freezer, then we sell it to the kids for them to get fed. We, we, <laughs> we just do that. And I saw her in front of the school selling those, those juice. And then about two weeks later, she came to my house and said, Enoch, I heard that the Christians give offerings and tithes to the church, but we don't have a church here. And she said, anyway, I sold my bar, sold all the drinks there, and the last two weeks I have been selling these juices in the front of the school. And do you know what? I want to use some money, because I dreamed that one day we would have our church here to worship God. Time went by, friends, and about six or seven months later, we were together in a discipleship meeting, preparing her to be baptized. And on that day, she told me that in the very day that we met her, with her in her house, when we left late at night, she was in bed. Somebody knocks the door. And she asks, who is there? And then the voice of this man, a well-known politician in that area of Brazil. And he said, quick, open the door. And she said, I cannot open the door for you. And uh, he asked, why? Do you have another man already with you in bed? And she said, do you know, there is no man here with me. But do you know what? Today, Jesus came to live in my heart. And I'm a new person from today. And I would not open the door of my house for you, neither today or tomorrow, nevermore, because Jesus is here with me today. I was there for some years more. And uh, by the end of this period, we have a church that she helped to build. And we have about 200 people coming to the church. And most of them were brought to Christ because of her. Not only his, her witness, but because of her word. When I left, my denomination didn't have anybody to send to that mission field. I stayed one more year to try to find someone to work there as a pastor or missionary. No one. And one day she said, Enoch, I will try to do it if you pray for me. Friends, in the last year, that community in the someplace lost in Brazil, they have sent five people to be pastors and missionaries. They are now graduating and preaching the gospel of the good news in Brazil and in Africa. She was the broken pot. December of last year, I got a call from the pastor that is now living there in the city. And he told me that Brasilia had died. She was killed in a car accident when she was taking someone to the hospital. She was the broken vase. 
that God used for his glory. Friends, we are the broken faces. God is the perfect potter. To declare that the potter keeps us during our challenges and troubles of our lives. The passage that we read said, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. I love the history of the church. And one of the, I love the history of the saints of the church. One of the people that I admire the most in the history of the church was a saint from Spain. Her name, her name was Teresa, Teresa de Avila. She lived in the 16th century. People say that she had this great sense of humor, that she would tell jokes and people would think that was funny and all this kind of stuff. And one day, Teresa was traveling a dirty road in Spain in a, in a donkey's card, not monkey's, donkey card. <laughs> and, uh, and the card overturned and throwing her into the dirty river. When she wakes up, she later complains to God, what did it happen, Lord? And the Lord said, oh, Teresa, don't worry. This is the way I treat my friends. <laughs> she, she, then said, she then said, oh, God, I don't, I, I, uh, that is why then you have so few of them. <laughs> we are not used, friends, to pressures and challenges in our lives. In this verse that we just read, Paul uses four paradoxes. It's amazing that we're kind of in ascending from worse to worse, from bad, bad to worse in the text that we read. We are afflicted but not crushed. I like the other translation that I have in your right-hand side that says, squeezed but not squashed, perplexed but not driven to despair, confused but not confounded, other translation, persecuted but not forsaken, hunt down but not forsaken by God, struck down but not destroyed. Knocked out, knocked down, but not knocked out. Paul faced a great number of near disasters in his life and ministry. There were intense pressure from above and from the sides in his life and ministry, but he was not finished until the end of his life when he hoped to meet with God and be with Him forever. His weaknesses was the occasion for God's power. It's easy, friends, today to feel that the world is against us. But many Christians today, friends, across the world, think or believe that the adversity is something inconsistent with a spirit-filled Christian life. So many, so many times we want a gospel according to Saint Mr. Burger King. <laughs> this week I was passing Burger King, near Burger King and I saw the sentence and have it your way. And I said, wow, this is a very theological statement. Because so many times today, friends, in our Christianity, we want to do things in our way. We want to have, have things our way. Have our church our way. Have friends our way. Have a family our way. Have, have everything, everything our way. Our way. We are the center. We are the center. We want everything our way. Oh, yes, we want a God our way that we can control. The Christianity that we find in Paul's life in ministry is different from the theology of Mr. Burger King. We do church God's way. 
We live lives God's way. We serve God's way. We dream dreams for life God's way. We make choices God's way. We do things God's ways and not our own way. Finally, friends, the perfect potter reveals his grace through broken vases like you and I. Here's the passage. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so the life of Jesus may also be manifested in your bodies. For we live, for we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. This is two verses. We understand that it's through the brokenness that God's power is manifested to the world. In the phrases that Paul uses here, carrying the dying of Jesus and giving over to death for Jesus' sake, he sums up the experience of being hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, struck down during his service and his life to God. All the struggle and the hassles that we face in our lives are God's instrument to open the jar of clay so the treasure that is inside you be manifested to the world. I have a lot of friends from India. One of them just told me this story <laughs> about this man in India that he used to get water from the stream to the house. And for two years, he had this pole, pole in, his, uh, in, his, in his back. He had a jar on each side. And he would get, go to the stream and get the water and then come home and get the water. But one of the jars was kind of ashamed because after two years, that pot realized that was a crack. And every time that the men would go to the stream to get water, as they went home, when they got home, half of the water was gone. So he said, you know, I'm so ashamed that I'm not being very useful because of this crack here. And then the men carrying the water looked at him and said, look at the way. That's the right hand side. Look at the way. And the jar looks at the way and sees flowers all the way from the stream to the house. And the men carrying the water said, you know what? It's to this crack that we have the flowers. Look at the flowers. Look at the flowers. Is it amazing that our God is this kind of God that uses the cracks and the failures and, and the stuff that we have in our life to show His grace to the world? When we are strong and powerful on ourselves, we hold the treasure inside of us when our pots are broken. In the midst of our weaknesses, the surpassing power of God will reach out others and others. In our weaknesses, we find His strength. In our weaknesses, we find His strength. Francis de Assisi, my family immigrated some generations ago from Italy, just outside the Assisi to Brazil. And I love the story, the story, the history of San Francisco de Assisi. And uh, I used to say that he's a cousin of mine. <laughs> Believe it, you want. Uh, and one day somebody asked him, what is the secret of, of all your ministry, all the things that are happening in your ministry, these great things that we see through you? 
And St. Francis, Francis de Assis said, the Lord made, this is the reason, the Lord looked down from heaven and said, where I can find the weakest, the littlest man on earth. Then he saw me and said, I found him. And he, wa- he would not be proud of it. He will see that I am only using him because, because of his insignificance. Friends, when I came here, I was in Spokane. And I, <laughs> I went to the theater for the first time in the United States with a friend of mine who is also an actor in Spokane. And then we got, he knew the, the main actor of that play, so we were kind of in the, the backstage. And I remember when the actor was leaving, my friend hugged him and said, Hey, break a leg. I'm a foreigner, right? Say, Hey, break a leg. And I said, What? So I was kind of mad at my friend to say to desire for his friends to break their leg and ask, What do you mean? <laughs> and then he explained it to me. It was interesting, by coincidence, when I was walking in our office today, my friend Barbara Vig, who is in our staff here at Belor, she opened the door for me. I have something in my hand. And she looked at me and said, Hey, Enoch, break a leg. <laughs> Do you know, friends, I have something to say. A new expression for you. The quality-minded, wealthy, and beautiful people of Belor Presbyterian Church. When we greet you together, let's say, Hey, John. Hey, Greg. Hey, Enoch. Hey, TJ. Break a vase. Break a vase. Break a vase. Break a vase. And let the power of God be shown to the world, to the world, to your brokenness. To your brokenness. My friends, maybe, maybe you came to this church today thinking that you don't have a lot of value on yourself. Maybe you come from experiences of brokenness and pain. And then, <laughs> since that you find this pastor speaking English, in a broken English, saying, yes, you are very weak and you are a broken jar. I will tell you something, that in spite of our brokenness, we are so precious to God. Remember what I said in the beginning? The major theme of this passage of the scripture is the contrast between the message and the messenger. We are broken people. But we are holding within ourselves the greatest treasure ever seen, ever spoken about, ever mentioned, the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. When we look at you in the mirror, maybe you see brokenness. God sees the treasure of His grace in your life. Maybe you see despair and lost. God sees the finding and the pressure son and daughter of His. As you leave this place today, I would like you to reflect in your own life in the midst of challenges that we face. That we serve a God that is so crazy about us 
that he gave his only son for us to transform our lives and to use the broken lives that we live to reach out older lives for Christ. As you leave this place today, I'd like to invite you to leave this place with your heart full of this certainty that the people that will change LA and make it the greatest city for Christ, the people that will go throughout the world sharing the good news of the gospel in Jesus Christ, will be people like you and I with cracks on the side. But God will use us for His glory the way we are. Look at the flowers. Look at the flowers along the way. So we pray together. Dear Lord, we, we are broken so many times, perplexed, struck down, knocked down sometimes, but not in despair because of you. He, he we are, Lord, your people. Before you, saying, God, use our cracks and brokenness to show your glory to the world. Thank you for this church and for the things that you are doing in your lives and for the new things that we dream about that you are going to do in this city and through the world. Thank you so much for the privilege of being here to know you and to serve you. In Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen. God bless you, friends.